Hi, I'm Jessica Addison, Regional Content Specialist for Mathematics with the Kentucky Department of Education. As we begin to look deeper into the fourth standard for mathematical practice, Model with Mathematics, we became aware of a curriculum coach in Boone County with her own passion regarding this standard for mathematical practice. Through her involvement in the Kentucky Content Leadership Networks, Kelly found herself becoming very excited about the impact this practice can have on students. She began to do her own research and think deeper about what this would mean for students at Boone County High School. During the past year, Kelly has worked extensively with the high school math teachers to develop this practice through the facilitation of rich lessons. I was lucky enough to have a chance to visit her and some of the students at Boone County High School. I hope you enjoy. Kelly, tell me about Model with Mathematics and the power that it has for your students. I think this is the most powerful of the eight mathematical practice standards. I'm so excited about sharing it with our students and seeing what they do when we give them the space to make connections for themselves. Modeling with mathematics not only allows students to see the connections to the real world and how they'll use mathematics as tools later on in their lives, it also gives them the space to bring their own intuition to solving mathematical problems. And talk to me a little bit about the impact that you've seen this have on students as they've had a chance to interact with tasks. I see students making connections that I would have never anticipated before we began really implementing this, this kind of very sophisticated task with our students in classes. They can bring their own intuition about mathematics and about context um, in a way that really enhances their own understanding of the content and of how math really is a tool for us to use. It's a tool for us to use to make better decisions. It's not just learning math for math's sakes. The fourth standard for mathematical practice is modeling. Students who are proficient in modeling with mathematics use the mathematical skills and concepts that they understand as tools to solve problems, understand situations, and make decisions. This is the math we want them to keep with them for the rest of their lives. Students who are proficient apply the mathematics they know to solve problems arising in everyday life, society, or the workplace. They can apply what they know and identify important quantities, map these relationships, and analyze the relationships to draw conclusions and answer questions. They interpret their results in the context of the situation, and they can reflect on whether the results make sense, improving the model or looking at any assumptions and approximations they've made. You've also mentioned that it has been um, important for you and your teacher, the teachers in your, your building mm -hmm. to share the six steps outlined on page 72 of mm -hmm. the um, core standards document um, with students and that, that it was very important to be transparent with them up front. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about those steps and what you've done with students. What we've done is the first time we've used a modeling task with students, we've been very clear about what our expectations are. Mm -hmm. And those expectations for the students are that they're proficient in each of the six steps of the modeling process. So we expect them to develop an understanding of the problem on their own, all the way through expecting a solid report where they can share not only their findings but also explain their reasoning. The hardest part of getting started is finding good questions to ask. 
Most really great question stems we have came from either math history or from sharing situations in our own lives where math has helped us understand or make better decisions. Also, textbook questions that have a co good context link can usually be tweaked into a great question by taking away all the extraneous pieces and asking students just to think about the heart of the problem. The task used in the lesson you saw today asked students to think about how police determine where to start searching after a crime has been committed. After they had a moment to think about this broad question, we provided them with a map and just a few details about a hypothetical bank robbery. The map provided the location of a bank and the location where one of at least two perpetrators was captured 15 minutes after the crime. From there, students had to construct an area for an initial search for the other perpetrator and determine how this might be communicated to officers at the scene. Really great modeling question stems are broad, situational questions. One of the most interesting parts of the definition of modeling in the Common Core documents is the idea that students are asked not only to use math tools to solve a problem, but that they need to choose for themselves which math tool best fits the situation. They have to find the tool that works for them. So modeling is not just an application problem where students practice the same algorithm over and over under the guise of varying application. It's about students realizing for themselves the power of the math tools they're using. Modeling also isn't about the teacher modeling his or her thinking for the students. While the teacher can provide scaffolding through small group or class discussions, the initial question shouldn't lead students towards one particular direction or another. The power of the modeling experience is that students are learning how math can help them make better decisions outside of class. Modeling is about the real world, but this label is often applied to questions that miss the point. Modeling isn't just about identifying a context for a skill. For example, a question that states, the triangle below represents a garden, find the perimeter, doesn't require students to reason at all about the mathematical structure of the garden that's given to them in the problem. The context could be removed and the student thinking wouldn't change at all. Modeling questions should also avoid pseudo-context. This is where the question connects to some real-life situation, but the situation is outside of the student experience or is so contrived that the students can't relate. There's a question in one of our textbooks that asks the students to determine the angle of a triangle so that a weaver can build a loom. How many of our students understand the structure of looms, or even care about cloth making? Instead of bringing clarity to the mathematics, the context of the loom only confuses the situation and disengages the students further from the mathematics. The result of limiting ourselves to this type of question is orthogonal to the goal of using math modeling in our classes. So in the class I was just in, I got goosebumps from watching the conversations develop mm -hmm. from um, just seeing all the content that they brought into play and I know um, as a former high school math teacher myself um, mm -hmm. I know the struggle that teachers have between spending enough time on the content mm -hmm. and now also have the responsibility to develop these practices in their students so let's talk a little bit about all the content that came out of that conversation. <laughs> some was anticipated and some may not have been. Mm -hmm. And just the power of that experience with those students. 
Sure, our task was really focused from a content perspective on the Pythagorean theorem and the distance formula. We anticipated that that might lead into a discussion of circles, but that was really the focus. Mm -hmm. And when we, op when we gave students the space to find their own models and to discuss it using their own language, so many more concepts came into play. Our students were discussing rate of change in a very sophisticated way. Our students were um, discussing linear functions mm -hmm. for be and described by that rate of change. They were discussing, discussing transformations. And what was really interesting is that students discovered their own misconceptions and were able to address those misconceptions through a conversation with their peers and contrasting the way that they may have approached the problem versus the way their peers approached it. We made a graph of it. it would, the problem's not going to be linear because it's a, we're going in all directions. And linear would mean it would go in one direction at a constant, like, you know what I mean? That would mean, like, we would only be searching in this direction. We wouldn't be searching in all Well, we know an equation for a it's from this point. It would have to be. It's going to have to be circles because. I'm confused. But from I just know that it'll have to be a circle. Yeah, it'll have to be a circle. But what if? Wait. What if we plot it at like this is going to be our zero zero and then. If go 1.12. Watching, just observing, it was hard not to jump in because <laughs> it was so exciting mm -hmm. and they were just, you know, so close and, and then coming to that answer, I just wanted to jump in and congratulate them because mm -hmm. I was excited. But also, it made me think of that 21st century learner and that these students, the, mm -hmm. the, you know, the children of the future are going to be interacting in a, in a workplace and in a career situation mm -hmm. where they're going to have to be constructors of knowledge and constructors of their own understanding and collaborators. And I mean, that absolutely took place in that classroom. Absolutely. We had two groups, one working on that rate of change, the other over here trying to figure out the equation of a circle. And when it all came together up there, they're, they're, they had mm -hmm. it, they had mm -hmm. it, but, but they realized that they needed to, you know, collaborate and to work together to get that, to get to that point. Right. Mm -hmm. and it was really exciting.